0: that's a sports ball. Sports Co- ball. Coming to you from the hmm, sports ball studios.
1: You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the small market podcast with your host Watucky and Hoffman. How are we doing today, Watucky? Doing fantastic, Hoffman. We're coming to you from sportsball studios in uh Old Chemical City, Midland, Michigan, just down the street from Dow Diamond. And uh, it's not quite as hot tonight, is it, Watucky? No, we had a nice cooling off this weekend. Nice nice rain kinda of
2: broke everything yesterday. Right, it's nice and cool outside. I thought we should like record outside for a little bit. You know? We could. We got that nice leather bound chair there in exactly. the driveway. Yeah. Get another one of those. Take the setup out there.
0: Nice cigar chair. Yeah, that's sure. Smoke cigars out there. You know what's cool is like, I really appreciate you showing me that we, we're getting more videos loaded up on the uh, the YouTube. Yeah. And it kind of reinstilled my confidence. You 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 played back the uh, the Mark Henry interview. The Mark Henry video, which we have loaded up onto our YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, our YouTube channel. Yeah. <sighs> we're famous. We're major now, according to William. Yeah, we're big right? time. Because we, we have a YouTube channel. Little does he know that anybody can have a YouTube channel. They're
2: free. Distribution is is a free thing now. That's right.
0: But not everybody can have Mark Henry on their YouTube channel. True. Nor can they have... Guys like Dennis Gilbert or Herschel Cobb or Jim Morris Billy or Martin Jr. Billy Martin
2: Junior. Billy
0: Martin Junior. All these guys. So you played back the Mark Henry interview for me, and I didn't feel so
2: bad about it. It was one of our better interviews. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I never took the time. Like I, I did the editing and stuff, but you, you know, you're you're not really listening to it as someone that just wants to listen to it. You're. It's kind of like you're just trying to. Clean it all up and everything. You know what I mean? You just go through the whole process of whatever. Um, but, you know, had a cigar, sat out there and watched the video and just watched the yes. full interview and stuff. And I was like, wow, this actually wasn't that bad. It was, it was, was kind of a. Yeah, it was. It was satisfying. It was enjoyable to sit there and just watch it as someone that was. It's a fan almost, you know? Right.
0: At the time, I thought, oh, I such a Homer. I'm such a fan. I'm such. In the words of uh, Sexual Chocolate. You're a mark. I'm a mark, you know. Sometimes
2: I think you're a little too critical of yourself, Hoffman.
0: Maybe, maybe. But I think the same thing about you. You do that too, and I'm like, Man, that wasn't that bad. Come on. You always redeem yourself
2: too. So, you know. I totally but, uh, redeem yourself. <laughs> Sorry. I can't every time somebody says that I
0: But we're just that. we're we put on a good show and we're we're continuing to put on good shows because later on in our third segment, I want you to stick around. For, well, Wattuckie has to stick around. Right? I, I'm not going anywhere. Right, you ain't going nowhere. But, uh, unless Ashley calls us. But uh, in our third <laughs> segment, we have the second half of our interview, our brilliant interview with the genius, genius baseball and sports agent, Mr. Dennis Gilbert, yep. who was just fantastic. He was really generous with, with his time and... Um, if you checked out episode 76 last week, we had a great talk with him. This week we have the second half of our our uh, interview with him, which is going to be even better. So, yeah, just uh, stick around for that. Dennis was, uh, he was just awesome. Very informational and had some good stories mm-hmm. and probably has even more stories that...
2: Uh, yeah. gotta like pry out of them with a shoehorn
0: yeah but i think we got we got some of the best out of them so cool stuff should we dive into the headlines with talkie yeah let's get right into the
2: headlines hoffman
0: the olympics let's oh. talk about the olympics <laughs> i he thought i said i, I wanted to, to, to talk about the olympics <laughs> it's, it's it is really hard just, to cover the olympics I just broke my pen i broke <laughs> I can't stay in the Olympics. I promised with Taki we wouldn't talk about the Olympics um, just because. <sighs> but here we are. It's kind of hard to keep up with it. It's a two-week span, and um, the men's basketball team, I have no idea how they're doing. It's, it takes some digging to try to figure out what is going on with them. Apparently, they're playing at 1240 a.m., uh, so in another hour or two hours.
2: Oh, we get to stay up and watch them. Often. They'll be playing Italy or Spain, I believe. And oh, yeah, yeah, it's a number one versus number two matchup, they're saying, yeah, but top uh, two teams
0: that's the thing like I'm kind of most interested or curious about to see how that plays out, but uh USA's been racking up the the medals, you know, and not just I uh, you know, we make a big deal out of gold, but
2: I'll never get a bronze medal, as I say, anytime you can take either one of yeah. those three
0: bronze medal bronze or silver medal i mean let's just be proud of our our olympians for for first of all even being there and that kind of hits back to you know mark henry that man was an olympian Mm -hmm. that means he's he's the he's the the best best in the the world yeah you know he's the he was the best that the united states had to offer and uh, he's still the best in the world in many categories, drug-free, mind you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're curious about that, I know I'm. it seems like I'm plugging it. It was just a really great interview. Go back and, and listen to uh, to that episode with Mark Henry. It's easy to find. We're on Spotify. We're on everything. So, you, you know, if you're listening, you found us. <laughs> yeah,
2: you found us.
0: Yeah. But I'll skip talking about the Olympics because... It's probably better to talk about it after the fact, mm-hmm. like once it's all done. So next week, I promise we will dive into the Olympics a little bit more. Um,
2: I feel like that's a threat, Hoffman. I, Are you threatening me? I, <laughs> you better pay attention to the Olympics because next week it's happening. I'm threatening you. But the, okay, the thing is, is, is,
0: this past week, it felt like every sport on the planet was in free agency and it, there was just this do do and shuffle of people going to different teams, and it was hard to keep up with, and I'm not going to try to keep everybody like up to date with where every single person went. There's a few key transactions. Let's start with baseball. Max Scherzer
2: and Trey Turner went to my Dodgers. How cool is that? That is pretty sweet, right? That is pretty sweet. If you're a Dodgers fan, holy cow. I, that was like the big blockbuster yeah. Move of the week. Yeah, they gave up some uh, some
0: prospects. The Dodgers did, mm-hmm. and you got Trey Turner to kind of um, go. I don't want to say go head to head, but I, I think complement the the shortstop position along with Corey Seager, and you've got another arm
2: like you yeah, needed sure. it in that rotation. That's what I'm saying. Like you needed it, but then you're like, yeah, we'll just go pick up Max Scherzer.
0: You could always use like more arms, but seriously, like that Dodger rotation. Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, you
2: know, Urias. That's gotta just crush Padres fans. Oh, Cause the news was coming out that they were close to a deal to get Max Scherzer and then all of a sudden it goes to the Dodgers. Right. right. And then they get Trey Turner on top of that. And they kinda needed ah. a, they kinda needed a big get because
0: Tatis is out for another week or so.
2: Yeah. You know. That goes from like Up here to, like, just (laughs) hitting a wall. Like, all right, we're going to start drinking. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: But an even bigger slap in the face. Like, like, California has four freaking baseball teams. You know, do they... (laughs) Which one of those is really the small market team
2: that we should be talking about? It's kind of silly. The Angels or maybe the Giants?
0: Well, and so the Giants got Chris Bryan, who's one of my favorite players to watch. They landed Chris Bryant. You're like, that's the biggest get of the whole, yeah. You know trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. Then the Dodgers one up them and <laughs> yeah. land Scherzer and Trey Turner in the same freaking trade. Yeah, like unbelievable. Let's y- just give them the World Series. Then again, we said that to said that about uh, the the Brooklyn
2: Nets and uh, they didn't even look at how that make the finals. Yep. Yeah. A lot of baseball to be played.
0: Right. Craig Kimble- Kimbrell Kimbrel went to the Chicago Chicago White Sox, first place team. They add another big
2: arm. That's yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. that. Well, I mean, and they're running away with that division anyways. They are, yeah.
0: Javier Baez to the Mets. You like that one, Hoffman. I like that one. I like it a lot. <laughs>
2: I like it a lot. Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Seems like all these guys are coming from the Cubs. Is that is that what's happening here? Just well, everybody just raped the Cubs. This... You no, know,
0: what they what they were thinking about was like, l- how do we ruin Leroy Clybola's <laughs> life as much as possible? And the, the MLB found a way. Like they just they personally attacked the man. Yeah, and they're I... like, let's blow up his team. You know, he hasn't had a like a winning team. You know, for 104 years. Finally gets it in 2016, and now
2: let's just destroy just, it. Destroy it. Burn it all to the ground. I'll say this, though. It hurts probably a lot if you're a Cubs fan, but I would rather see a GM that just burns it down when it, when the time is there. Just you mm-hmm. swallow that pill and you just do it as opposed to dragging it on, like with the Red Wings, with that playoff streak that they tried to keep going for so long, and then they just kept getting knocked out in the first round every yeah, year. Exactly. And then it just prolongs the rebuild. Even the Tigers yeah. didn't know when to cut it. That's, yeah. You, you got to know when to burn it down, and you got to take the Troy Weaver approach or the approach the Cubs did, and you just go crazy. And it's going to suck for a year or two, but yeah. then you'll start rebuilding. You know what I mean? Get it done with.
0: Exactly. Should we move on to football a little bit? Yeah, if you want to. You know who I feel bad for a little bit is uh, the Colts. Really? Poor Indy. Poor, poor Indy. I mean, they've, they they at least got uh, Peyton Manning a few years ago. I guess they thought they were getting the second coming by picking up Carson Wentz, but I could have <laughs> told them, look... Stay away from that dumpster fire. You could probably get Andy Dalton from the Bears, if you asked. Yeah. You could probably even get, you know, the Polish Prince,
2: (laughs) Mitch (laughs) Trubisky.
0: (laughs) Uh, You could have gotten... You could, you could have pulled Dan Orlovsky out of retirement
2: and, and like, uh, Colin Kaepernick is he still looking for a job he's, like uh, why uh, bring him in I, yeah I, like, why why is anybody screwing around with Carson he's Wentz still
0: a, a good athlete I, or uh, oh Jesus uh, just anybody you bring in Carson Wentz and like that's who you decide you're going to build your team around and Carson Wentz is always injured. I, I know we say that about a lot of players like and we throw that around as, as fans and as homers and as small market guys it's like, Oh, that guy's always injured. He's always hurt. And and look, pro sports guys get hurt. Okay. That is that's the job. You play hard and it happens and they guys get hurt and mm-hmm. it, it's unexpected. Not everybody is Cal Ripken Junior. You know, it kind of makes you respect that record a little bit more, right? Yeah. I mean, that, when you
2: realize that there's a how lot there's a lot of that talent is. that just is injured all injury prone. Right. Right. Exactly. So I mean, it it's
0: as a youngster I always used to kinda of balk at that record, that Cal Ripken Jr. record with Tucky. But like I'm looking at this now and how often guys get hurt, like, man, this that really was an achievement. Like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. So Carson Wentz is hurt again <laughs> and there's there's kind of a, a span. They said, Yeah, he should be out somewhere between five and twelve weeks. Well, that's the whole damn season. He got So was, they just
2: went and picked up a quarterback that's injured.
0: They well they got they had Carson Wentz. He was in training camp. He oh, okay. had so what's suspected is that what had happened was he had a broken bone in his foot. That's what's suspected. He had a broken bone in his foot, and in like rolling out, he he landed on his foot just the wrong way. It kind of dislodged that broken bone or that bo- broken fragment, and it's causing him pain. And uh, so it's this is probably something that happened to him back in high school or college, and. Now it's bugging him, and they're gonna try to fix it. And you know, but the Man. guy, like, he seems like he's to me he's hurt all the time. And when they were making a big deal out of it a couple months ago, what you're really gonna you're gonna put Jalen Hurts in instead of you're gonna choose him. Philly's gonna choose Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. And to me, I'm like,
2: yeah, yeah, I'm gonna he he choose the, the paper boy over. Jalen, right carson wentz
0: Wentz. exactly so i don't know i i oh carson wentz good lord (laughs) just makes you shake your head just just makes you shake your head you know it seems like the kind of mistake that
2: the lions would make yeah and
0: (laughs) how did we how did
2: we dodge that bullet like it was a pure accident. Yeah, this is like a this is a Detroit Lions move, like, hey, oh, we got yeah. Carson Wentz now. How did we not jump all over that and be like, No, 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 no. Forget Goff. Yeah. We'll trade Goff after we yeah. just got him for this guy. For Carson Wentz. Because we're that's the guy that we want. We're
0: the smartest people in the room. <laughs> Speaking of the smartest people in the room, Aaron Rodgers thinks he is. Thinks he is. And uh Aaron Rodgers is the guy that drives a big old truck down your street. Nice and loud. He's got that muffler going and kinda whips into your driveway just to pull in and turn around and you know, he's blaring his five finger death punch as loud as possible and just got got his monster. He's got his monster energy drink. He's got those weird like Visor shade things that aren't really sunglasses, but he's <laughs> yeah. you know he's wearing those. Got his monster energy drink, and,
2: and he's gonna tell your employer where they can stick it. That's right. It was, yeah, or his employer, that is. <laughs> He'll tell your employer too, man. I, the way he talks, I'm sure he doesn't give a shit about nothing.
0: It's the the kind of guy that his own family
2: doesn't even like. So <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that one, man. Yeah. This guy's like the male version of Karen. <laughs> he's a K- Aaron, right? Karen, uh, yeah, K- yeah. There you he's go. a Kyle or a
0: Chad, right? Is that Richard? Well, I don't think we want to. Yeah, we don't want to insult any <laughs> no, yeah, listeners I, I, out I there shouldn't... named Kyle or Chad, but um... or Karen, <sighs> or even Karen. He's oh. an Aaron. He's an. A- he yeah. He's a A A Ron. <sighs> <nine. sighs> It's not doing my just, namesake very well. Man, yeah, you know?
2: you know, he just... I just... Man, I just... It's frustrating, Hoffman. This guy gets paid a boatload of money, and he gets up there, and he complains about how he's been treated. After no one else has come out <laughs> and explained how badly they've been treated by this organization, right. he comes out and lists the laundry list of people that have just been dumped on, apparently. yeah. I'm not saying maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but... I think there's a lot better ways to handle this. Like I told you off the air, Tom Brady, you knew – everybody knows that he didn't see eye-to-eye with Bill Belichick 100% of the time. Tom Brady never had a ton of great people put around him. They never went out and got big names with the exception of like Randy Moss. Um, And he took less money to be able to stay there and win championships.
0: Right, yeah, and eventually it, they kind of picked it, up and, little pieces like Randy Moss and Alana Gronkowski and you know but, receivers that he liked like Julian Edelman
2: and but he made Julian Edelman like none of these guys were right. they weren't bringing in a bunch of people yeah. like Aaron Rodgers wants and he took pay cuts but what he did was eventually he left and he went to Tampa and it was kind of a mutual parting of ways right. right? It wasn't this whole big drama-filled crap that I see with Aaron Rodgers, and it just it. Well, I, would, at, I don't know. I just think I was just sitting there and I was laughing. I was like, "Oh, how is he gonna, how is he gonna address this in his press conference? Like, hey, I'm coming back after stirring up all this crap. How am I coming back? And what does he do? He just dumps on him for a half hour.
0: Well, uh, right. I heard that press conference, and all I could do is just like. Kind of roll my eyes, you know. I'm like, man, you are giving, you are giving everybody, you're giving the four letter network all kinds of sound bites and just like all sorts of ammo, uh, all sorts of anim- Hater, ammo. Haters and, like
2: me love this shit.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm just, I'm just sad that he didn't, you know, go to a different division after all this. Mm. You know, you knew he was, he was going to play another season at least. Yeah, he, he's going to be one of these guys that's going to stick around probably long after Tom Brady unfortunately that's yeah. how i see it you know hopefully and i i hate to say this but i hope he gets beat up enough that he comes to his senses and he's like this isn't worth it this isn't worth my i'm not getting protection i'm not getting what i want i'm not this is not the season i was looking forward to whatever i hope everybody in the division kind of gives him a run for his money i don't care if, it is, if it's the bears the vikings whoever whoever it's to me it's um everybody against green bay as far as i'm concerned i in the man's defense
2: though you should make a shirt that says that by the way in the man's defense no everybody against green bay i would wear that it's going in the etsy shop oh, tomorrow yeah. <laughs> Check
0: our Etsy shop, that's Chemical City USA. That's Etsy shop sell hashtag Etsy shop sell. Anyways, um Rogers, maybe maybe he has a little bit of license to say whatever the hell he wants because he's the reigning MVP.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, does that is. is that what
0: that is that what that gives the most valuable player, not just on your team but in the league, to just go up on a podium and like After making demands for months on end, to then go up on a podium at a press conference and be like, not look, I'm happy I'm here. We, I'm happy we kind of came to an agreement, you know, whatever. They've reworked my contract to nullify it, not to go into 2023, but at the end of the season, we can renegotiate, blah, 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 to go and just tear everybody apart. You know, like you're Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and you know, roll out this laundry list of complaints and uh, kind of be a jerk. I mean, yeah, in all honesty, just, just be a jerk. Does getting an MVP award give you that license? How much does he care about that? And does he think that that really warrants that? If he hadn't won an MVP, do you think, uh, the green bay would would care or allow him to do that or they're just going to kind of roll over and be like let's just put up with this guy for another year well, and kind of groom i i feel like in their minds they're like if we take the subtle the subtle uh you know route and let him play for another year do what he can you know make him have him make his point and that allows us another year of grooming with Jordan Love and for hopefully he's he acts as a sponge and learns everything he can from Rogers and then he's our guy of the future. right I mean I mean is that, a, is that an outrageous theory? That's an
2: outrageous be? theory because Jordan Love's not the guy of the future
0: well, that, that's just
2: that's just the way that is. I don't see him being the guy of the future and I think it's just spineless by them. I think it's absolutely spineless. If I'm, a, if I'm a Green Bay fan and I say, hey, you know, I got my kid. Hey, little Johnny. Like, this is the guy you should grow up to emulate or you should look up to. A guy that gets paid millions and dumps on his employer when he's unhappy publicly instead of working things out. I just, I don't know, man. Like It's a I, different kind of inter- industry, It, it seems though, like he's know? in, the, I know, I know it is, but it just seems like he's there. Like, how how can you be a Green Bay fan and cheer for this? This dude don't even want to be there. We should ask he Katie doesn't. Wirtz.
0: We should ask Katie Wirtz. She's the biggest screen. We NBA should. I know. How do
2: you feel, Katie, about this? This guy, this guy doesn't care about this team. He's gonna run it back for one more year. He's looking for personal accolades. That's all he cares about right now. Right.
0: I remember having similar feelings though, back in the day when Barry Sanders was holding out. You know, and it's not that I don't think Roger. This is different. Different reasons. Like Rogers doesn't want money. He wants weapons. Wants right. weapons around him.
2: Like Randall Cobb. Bring back yeah. Randall Cobb. Come I well on. that's
0: one I don't get. Like isn't Randall Cobb old? I mean That's
2: what I'm saying. Come on. There's weapons out there.
0: What's that gonna do yet? You know, I you got one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. Yeah. Like uh, I I understand wanting more weapons, but what you you're the type of QB that that kind of makes something out of nothing you know embrace
2: that all right well i I gotta cut you off here hoffman we'll take a take a hard break and come back
0: well wait 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 what can we briefly talk about the mba i'm at like
2: 25 minutes oh okay okay yeah well
0: we'll take a break that's cool if we come back with that okay we'll be right back with more of the small market podcast after this short break Watucki and I have one place that we go to when we're looking for anything sports or hobby related. Curveball Collectibles in Old Town Saginaw has more unopened product, single sports cards, and supplies than anyone else in the Great Lakes Bay region. Come see Mike Wilson at 413 Adam Street in Saginaw, Michigan, and browse the over 1,500 square foot showroom floor of graded and ungraded sports cards. There's no other spot like this in the state of Michigan. In fact, Wetucky, I haven't seen another place like it. And by that, what I mean is they've got a barbershop style atmosphere where you can hang around and chat with staff and other collectors while also drooling over museum level memorabilia. Again, that's 413 Adam Street in Old Town, Saginaw. And there's a lot to do in Old Town. They've got breweries, shops, art music record stores and a lot of history in that area a lot of hidden gems that no one even thinks about damn i want to go right now but seriously there's something for everyone and mike has consistent events going on such as signings trade night and pack wars i brought my nieces out during one of mike's signings and they had a blast they could not have been more excited to have gotten their first autograph there and they picked up some pokemon cards too in addition to that they've got star wars wrestling comics toys and anything else you, you could possibly imagine you name it they've got it Check out curveball collectibles in old town saginaw Welcome back to the podcast, but uh, before I start with I have a few demands. I, uh, I, I, you know, I I need a few more weapons on this show, and by that I mean uh, I need Leroy, I need uh, I need Jason, and I need Michael Westendorf just waiting in the wings, and uh, Herschel Cobb, and um, yeah, Herschel Cobb, uh, Leroy Klimola because I need my Chicago element, Luke Pavlachik, and uh, and, and I need Michael Westendorf <laughs> get, on the bench. Gig, okay? No, get out I of here. Just, I'm not putting least, Westendorf on and, the bench. And I need seven microphones. we don't even have that many guests. I need seven microphones. I need a satellite going to uh, L.A. in case we ever have an L.A. guest uh, again. And uh, these are just some of the things that I need... Um, that uh, my producer uh, Wataki is not not giving me. She's putting me on blast like this. <laughs> I know we didn't discuss this, but uh, um, I figured uh, being re- reigning MVP of this of uh, what of, of this kitchen, I I've, it's a self proclaimed MVP, but still, I <laughs> just really want to um. I want to see if I can Hoffman, get Hoffman, you tried of those to things. serve
2: me day old coffee. How the hell do you get to be MVP of the kitchen that way?
0: Fine. <laughs> God. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right, fine. Jeez. I'll settle right. for just. That just, you drive when we go down to the, the Joe Dumar signing, okay? Okay. All right. I will buy the Happy Meal for Kyneth. Sweet. He'll be happy. Yeah, as long as it's a Space Jam
2: Happy Meal, then, you know, it's all good. He did want you to mention Space Jam on the uh, podcast tonight. Told space me.
0: Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam.
2: But he doesn't want you to talk about the basketball players. <laughs> all, the, all the people that are not basketball players. He so, said. all the cartoons. Yeah, which okay. doesn't work out for a sports podcast. <laughs>
0: Anyways, we still had a few more headlines we want to kind of like, you know, gloss over real
2: quick. Yeah, segueing into the NBA, right?
0: Yeah. What's (laughs) going on with Russell Westbrook going to L.A.? This is his fourth team in four years,
2: right? Yeah. He's just a hard guy to get along with.
0: Doesn't he have an MVP as well? And like a scoring title, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't know. So he's going to L.A. and this is one of those. This isn't even like a. Oh snap! This is I can't believe this is happening. This is more of a. If you work for ESPN, it is. Uh, yeah, well, because it's Los Angeles, and you know, watch out. But uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's more of a ho hum kind of like. Okay, well, let's see how this goes and. LeBron needs support, and you know there there you go. And and I get that you can't do it all on your own. So add the weapons if you can afford them,
2: right? I guess. I mean, the shop man made his,
0: He made his. You know he he made his name in Oklahoma City, but so did Kevin Durant, and you know all these guys. Wasn't Chris Paul in OKC as well? Uh man, James Harden was. Harden was, yeah, yeah. So it, it's that. Just think about that OKC team back to yeah. the team. Like, holy
2: cow! Yeah, how did they not? How did they not win? How did they not? The same like way those dynasty. guys still don't win now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they just—they're not
0: winners, man. You—you you mean to tell the me they prolific
2: that... scorers? They're just not winners.
0: You mean to tell me that like? Being selfish and demanding more microphones doesn't get you anywhere Doesn't
2: make you a winner. Life. Demanding the ball more often doesn't make you a winner. I'm growing a
0: beard, though, like James Harden, and I feel like I'm well on my way to an MVP or something special at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're on your way to something special, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Chris Paul stays, by the way, which I think is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's good. Same yeah. with Phoenix. Cause I that's... was worried, well, i seen the reports that he was opting out and stuff and i was like oh no don't be
0: he seems to like the coaching the staff he he likes the coaching staff he likes the team he likes the situation and why won he like they did well and he it was kind of a, a resurgence for the guy during the playoffs like they almost won it all yeah like, holy cow! they
2: were two games away from from
0: becoming just
2: <sighs> from being chris paul the guy that everybody talks about yeah. so giannis i mean yeah just yeah okay, then he beat you know
0: he would have beat uh, James Harden to a, a chip and mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's already got one, but it was with Golden State, and so that's kind of a solid sort of you know it doesn't carry the chip. same weight exactly. I mean you're like yeah hey, you you got a ring, but you only yeah, get half a ring for that, right? It's like you yeah <sighs> yeah. You had Steph Curry and Play Thompson and Draymond Green, and, Green yeah. and all these dudes. You had a dynasty backing you already. So, <laughs> not right. really, you were, uh, yeah, whatever. So, I mean, he's still a fantastic player and unbelievable talent. But, yeah, everybody knows the score there with that yeah. one. Big Twelve is suing ESPN. You kind of got the story well, I, on this a little bit, didn't you? Or was, or am they're, I? They're is not suing. It's just a cease and desist. Okay, it's a cease and desist. So we've been hearing a lot of stuff from the four-letter network. They are very, very, uh, very, very quick to say this is the end of the Big Twelve. Yeah. You know, as I, soon as this move with with Oklahoma and Texas move into the SEC uh, four letter network was all over it, and like this is the end of the Big Twelve. You can
2: you can mark my
0: words, this is it. You know, so what do you, what's your take on it, Wataki?
2: Well, they're probably right. It probably is, but they have the cease and desist because ESPN has the rights to the SEC network. To or to SEC football, um. So basically, the Big Twelve says, "Well, you're you're talking about this. You're trying to stir up all of this controversy. Basically, they're trying to. De- they said you're trying to destabilize our conference." Yeah, and and I believe they're right, and because if you listen to what they're saying on the radio, that's all they're like you said. That's all they're talking about is mm-hmm. how this is the end of the Big Twelve. They're talking about, well, if that happens, well, what is the Big Ten going to do, and what is the ACC going to do, and if Ohio State should leave the Big Ten and go to the ACC, where does that leave the Big Ten? Do they merge with the pac and, yeah. and it just stirs up, and you think the sky is falling, Right. if, if you're listening to the radio right now, as far as college football is concerned. And and it just makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes that an unprecedented move like this with two of the top Two, the two top teams in that conference Two blue blood programs Would just abandon their conference And just and just go You know Go to the SEC like that What goes on behind the scenes
0: Well I think you said it best off the air Where you said look the, These This is kind of The networks This is where the media controls What's going on in real life And that's that shouldn't happen. It's like like,
2: okay. like I said, it's like a proxy war.
0: It, exactly, you said it's like a proxy war for, for you're pitting the conferences against one another, where they like they're fighting for for rights and
2: they're being backed by the big money television networks, mm-hmm. and it's everybody's out to to get that money. So who's basically controlling the strings here as to what's going on with the layout of college football? It's, yeah, the games are are won and lost on Saturdays, but the overall scheme of how the structure is of college football is controlled by the television people.
0: Well, and not just, this isn't some conspiracy stuff,
2: because it sounds a little... It does, it sounds tinfoil hat-ish. I'm I'm sure it does. Right, but but you're right. But it's the truth. point. Right, I mean, exactly. Notre Dame has NBC has the television rights to Notre Dame. That's why Notre Dame doesn't never joins a conference because they don't need to. They don't care. They have that financial backing.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, but then you even have people on on the four letter network saying, "Well, if we have you know the the Big Twelve gets broken up and goes to other conferences, and let's say the ACC." Uh, talks to Ohio State and they get absorbed. and this is literally what I'm hearing I'm not just like mm-hmm. spouting off random as to what they're saying this is literally what they're saying that could force and or uh uh the the fighting Irish to to join a conference and you know kind of twist their arm a little bit and and I'm thinking to myself but then they could go and and have NBC sign on with uh, the ACC if they join the ACC conference and it's it's like, and then they'll have the backing to go against, you know, the SEC network, and, and it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, this is just a war of networks trying to control college football?
0: It right. just, I well, don't no, know, okay, man. It's now, just such a mess. No, you're, you're right, Wataki, but they Now, forgive my ignorance, but doesn't... You keep saying college football, doesn't it affect all the schools? I mean, if... Isn't there Big Twelve basketball also? It'll, well, it'll affect everybody in mean, all it's the athletic gonna, departments. Like, so Texas and Oklahoma, Big Twelve, they they go to the SEC mm-hmm. in basketball as well. Yeah, right? in, in all sports. Yep, that's so, what so. Be it doing. doesn't mean like just just in football.
2: It also means college basketball, which well, is a big moneymaker as well. That's true. Right? Yep, yeah. I I I say college football because that is the biggest moneymaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously college basketball as well as a money maker. But if, other than those two sports, I mean, those two sports basically fund everybody's athletic program. Sure. So that's why I refer to it as that. Right. Right.
0: But let's not get this wrong. You're also talking about you're talking about network rights for for college basketball as well. For, yeah. You know, so it's not just affecting the football season; it's affecting the basketball season well, any, and all the other sports, I it's they're I don't want to say they're not as important, but they're not as relevant as basketball and football, and those are two gigantic money makers. And um, it kind of I, I'm not sure where the connection comes a little bit with now we've got also um, uh, college athletes are able to make money on their own likenesses and stuff but that might have the, that world might come to collide with what's going on with the, the network rights and and all that stuff. Maybe I'm I, it might have nothing to do with each other for the next 10 years but I feel like there might be something some overlap between those two big headlines there. You know you've got uh names and likenesses rights kind of reverting back to to players mm-hmm. and you also have this the the demolition of the Big 12 occurring too and a war with Big 12 like upset about these conglomerates these networks dictating what they do and what, what Happens in the future by Spinning the headlines And spinning what happens Just, just Spinning a narrative well, and, and Saying like this is what's going to happen Or or this is It is over you get you got guys Like uh, like a legitimate Journalist like Mike Greenberg Going on and um Saying It is over like he he said it On television that This is the Big Twelve is over. The Big Twelve is done. They're dead. You might as well consider them, well kaput, and that that's it. And you know, go ahead.
2: Well, where I think this is going to overlap, Hoffman, and this is just my feeling personally, is where this will overlap is if you're using your name, your likeness, and your image, obviously as a college player to get paid, you're going to get better money. And you're going to get better exposure at the bigger brand schools. And where the, and Mm -hmm. if all the bigger brand schools are going to the bigger brand conference, it's going to leave teams like in the Big 12 at an Iowa State. You're going to get, you're going to get a lower tier of talent. This doesn't mean you're not going to get good talent. It doesn't, but you're going to have to work harder to find it. You know, to yeah. find the diamonds in the rough type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, because these kids that are going to want the exposure for their their own brand that they're creating to get paid off of, are, they know they're going to make a boatload more money going to a Texas that's in the SEC that plays teams like Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida every year. This feels as like- opposed as opposed to an going to an Iowa State where you're playing Kansas, Kansas State. Every year, do you know what I'm saying? You see yeah. the difference in, in, in the money making ability there. I absolutely see the discrepancy. It,
0: it feels like a thirty for thirty in the making.
2: Yeah, like we're witnessing it in front of our own eyes right, right now, right in live, it's, in real time.
0: It's gonna be a lot to dissect, but I, you're right. I think it's unraveling right in front of us, and um, it, it it'll be something we'll be talking about. 10 15 20 years from now you know about the the dismantling of the big 12 and how how the networks killed it you know? yeah. and that's that's kind of an unprecedented thing where um you know media companies networks single-handedly dismantled an entire athletic conference yeah with with their narratives with their words with that that's with what, what they, they're pushing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, uh, let's start talking about the Olympics again, Wotaki. What do you think about that? Let's we'll yeah. go back. To Speaking that of corruption, about, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about uh, how they're gonna introduce breakdancing dancing to. That's gonna become an Olympic sport. Uh, well, next Summer Games, another four years, and
2: uh, they'll just put anything in there. <laughs> Queer way
0: I'm joking the next segment we have the man single-handedly <laughs> responsible yeah i, I like having Segways that like zero Segways like a, a a negative segue that has it has nothing to do
2: with anything what's going before on before it or anything after it just exactly exactly it's good Yeah,
0: but if I had more weapons, if I had nine more microphones here for no reason, just capturing all of the atmosphere here at Sportsball Studios, and we'd have nothing to worry about. Our next segment is Dennis Gilbert, the man single-handedly responsible for Bobby Bonilla Day, and I want to apologize for this coming kind of late, because Bobby Bonilla Day is July 1st of every year, until 2035, Mm -hmm. but... We're, we're just satisfied to get this man on our program. Huge name. One of the biggest names, one of the largest names we've ever had on our program. Dennis Gilbert from Beverly Hills, California uh, spoke to us last week. This is the second half of our interview with Mr. Gilbert. Uh, with Dennis. With Good. Dennis Gilbert. Yeah, he doesn't like being called Mr. Gilbert. No, he was, he was pretty down to earth and pretty cool. So dennis gilbert coming up in our next segment stay tuned we'll be right back with more of the small
2: market podcast
0: after this real quick break
2: your business could be advertising in this spot right now send us a message smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com and let us work with you to grow your business
0: Um, so some of the shinier guys, and I mean, when you talk about sports agency, you think of uh, Scott Boris, um, I think you should be right after that, maybe even before that, as far as I'm concerned, because, um, you know, Scott Boris had a lot of the big names and he's got all kinds of deals under his name, but you, you're, you're right there. You, you're probably the, the predecessor to him as far as getting smart deals for for big-name players.
1: Well, let me just say this, that uh, Scott's done a big job. The guy that's done, you know, very quietly, done even a bigger job is Danny Lozano.
0: Mm I don't
1: know if you followed him. Yep. He's done three 300 million dollar contracts i don't know how many scott has done yeah but, but uh he worked for me for 10 years in our agency at the Beverly Hills sports council he worked for two years for free that's how bad he wanted it <laughs> as an as an intern
0: that oh, boris or lozaro
1: lizano
0: sorry oh nice
1: I mean, he did the pool holes contract initially. Wow! He just finished Tatis last year.
0: Yeah, jeez.
1: I mean, I mean this, and uh, I like to feel I had a you know big part helping him in the beginning of his career. He stayed in the business; I did not.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I um. In the course of doing homework on you, um, of course, you, you kind of... Uh, Wataki and I kind of defer to videos at first and then uh, dive deeper. But um, one of the first videos that comes up about you is is um, you being interviewed by Larry King. Sounds like he was a good friend of yours. Um, and I like Larry King, but I, I was unimpressed by the interview. <laughs> It was a twenty thirty minute interview, and he he really wanted to talk to you about life insurance. It seemed like so.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, well, he was an insurance client
0: of mine. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh. So, so <laughs> but I can then. Yeah. I understand that, but like uh, to me, that's a little dry. I, I'd rather talk to you about some of your baseball clients and some of the deals you made and. Uh, the guys that have come after you because of the, you know, some of these, uh, some of these deals. So, you know, um, I wanted to ask you real quick about like MLB went through a period of, of collusion uh, from 85 through 86. How did you and your agency deal with that?
1: Kept our mouths shut. <laughs> and just what, and just let the union handle it. I mean, I mean, uh, we're just supportive to the union in handling it and letting them go through it.
0: Right. But, I mean, how do you not feel like your hands are tied and there's nothing you could do? You know, at at what point did you and other agents suspect that there was colluding?
2: Well,
1: well, remember, I was still selling insurance at the time, and we suspected there was collusion from inception. I mean, I had general managers telling me that uh, uh, we're not allowed to, make an
2: offer. I mean. <laughs> wow.
0: Good Lord. Well, after all these years, like, how hard was it to set these new contract standards for the players? I didn't set it. You you mean the,
1: uh, what are you alluding to? I mean, I, I, I think I missed that question.
0: No, I, and maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm leapfrogging a little bit, but, uh, I think there were some standards that were probably set. Maybe you, you were, you and your team were a little bit more subtle about it, um, setting standards for players to to get them paid what they what they deserve.
1: Well, Andy, we had to go to arbitration a few years. Uh, if you, you may or may not know historically, uh, first arbitration that we tried was we Saberhagen's. at Saberhagen's.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And he went, I think he got like a 900% increase in his salary. And,
0: wow. yeah.
1: and you know, it, it, it didn't come easy. You had, a, and if you've ever sat through any type of litigation or arbitration, you know, it gets very dicey in the room.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And you're arguing for your client spent about a hundred hours or 200 hours preparing a brief, getting the presentation right, putting videos together, trying to make your your statement more compelling or your statements more compelling than the team statements. to uh, the Kansas City Royals uh, uh, class, you know, they didn't say anything bad about him. They just said he wanted too much money too soon in his career.
0: Well, oh, gotcha. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah.
1: Well, it is, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, part of the basic agreement said that if you have special accomplishments, you're entitled to be compared to anybody. And this kid won the Cy Young Award and was MVP of the World Series.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. What? How much more can you do?
1: Yeah, well, we had video of him on the Johnny Carson show. We had video of, of uh, what was it, Ronald Reagan calling him, congratulating him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had some pretty good cuts that we used as evidence.
2: Wow, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very,
1: yeah. very special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was a union steward for, uh, for um a teacher's union a few years ago and that's representing about 150 to 200 you know teachers and um so i and that's on a very small level i feel like but uh you representing somebody who's supposed to be a big market you know who's going to represent the home-
1: can
0: we pause for just a second? I got a very important text. I got to respond oh, to. Oh, yep, absolutely. Go right ahead, yep. Dennis. Yeah. All
2: right, we're good, Hoffman.
0: Yeah, no, that's okay. So, uh, like I was saying, I was I was a union steward uh, for about six years, and I represented a bunch of teachers and parapros, Um and that was on a very um, I I, I want to say a small level, but you you're representing um, guys that multi-million dollar deals and really big egos uh i mean was there any time at at what point do you did you have to put your own ego in check to accommodate those gentlemen um is that a silly question i mean what do you what's your take on that
1: I have a lot of experience dealing with successful people from my insurance practice. Uh, You know, in in the Hollywood world, I probably have one of the, one of the better entertainment practices in, in the country. I mean, it's huge, you know, biggest people in the movie and music business. Mm. So retirement plans and life insurance and estate planning. Right. Maybe that's why Larry King was, you know, he knew some of the clients. We weren't mentioning names. Right. Right. But we had some, you know, major Hollywood people still do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I understand you being a, a little reserved as far as um, who you represent and some of the stories. There's a confidentiality, you know, issue that you, you want to you want to hold true to. I, I get that. Um, I was a big Ma- Mike Piazza fan, you know, as a Mets fan. Uh, I imagine that was probably on the, the lower end of contracts that you had to negotiate. Um, then Mike again, Piazza. Was, yeah.
1: He was, was, was great. Yeah. He was a great man, very good friend. His dad was one of the smartest businessman i ever had the pleasure of knowing and we had a great relationship
0: yeah and I, he was a multi-millionaire himself which uh looking into i mean i i went to the baseball hall of fame to watch the guy get inducted that's how big of a fan i was um you know watch seeing him and uh ken griffey, griffey jr get inducted and i it probably means nothing to you but uh, I watched the guy play for the Mets. I was a, a hopeless fan. Um, and he seemed like one of the more down-to-earth clients you probably had.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he had that great inside-out swing.
2: Yeah. Yep. You
1: know, and he, he was a very humble person himself. Always a gentleman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Always a gentleman.
2: Did you ever come across and, that are, you know, you don't, Need to mention names. Did you ever come across someone that was so I don't know, hard to work with that you wanted to step away from from representing that person?
1: Uh yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's hard to get into any kind of detail, I suppose, you know, because you sure. don't want to mention and names. They were
1: and... there were actually clients we did not take on that us to represent them too.
2: Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. I it's hard to imagine. I mean in in the public perception, you think Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla, you think, "Oh my gosh, those are life-size egos that I would never want to deal with." Now watching Interviews with Bobby Bonilla, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. You'd want to have a beer with him, you know? Um, He
1: he absolutely is one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you, one of the reasons he went to New York is uh, when we went to have dinner with the New York Mets, the restaurant was about three blocks away from our hotel room. Mm. And what we did is we walked there. It took us almost an hour to get the three blocks because he stopped or was stopped by people all over the street. Can you sign this? Can you do that? Can you take a picture? Uh, and he accommodated every single one of them and got into conversations with all. Of
2: them. Yeah. Uh, that's
0: well, and I can understand. Um, people being critical, especially the national media, being critical of someone like Bobby Bonilla because. I, Look, the, you...
1: media, the media is the media. Yeah. I've seen. They're taking rips at Tony LaRussa, who is arguably the best manager in the history of baseball. Yeah. I mean, with the White Sox this year, he's had not one of their starting outfielders, you know. Uh, we haven't had one of our starting outfielders playing all year. Eilert Evans came back tonight and TH and ended up hitting a, uh, a three-run home run. But he hadn't been in all year. Roberts hadn't played one game all year. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the other fellow,
0: well,
1: I'm not going to mention his name. We ended up releasing our rights, Yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, and Larissa still has
0: us, you know,
2: eight and a half games in first place. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody's going to touch him. <laughs> or nobody's going to touch, <laughs> touch you guys. I mean, we're talking with a member really? of the White Sox. Yeah. Oh,
1: no, I was really serious. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, he won a pennants with what I consider to be better than average teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, St. Louis, I mean, Oakland, I mean, but he won what he was supposed to win. Yeah. And what he wasn't supposed to win, he won. I mean, that's special.
0: Yeah. Uh- and
1: And for the media, you know, when you talk about the media's opinion, you know, there are certain guys in the media that I – absolutely adore. I love them. I mean, there's some great writers out there, great commentators out there. Uh, one of my best, best friends in the world is Vin Scully to this day. I mean, uh, you can't get any better than that. Uh, people in the media today, you know, for people to take shots, you know, young reporters, just so they get themselves known and like Tony La Russa, Shame on
2: them! Yeah, yeah no, no respect.
1: Yeah, just shame on them. They, I mean, I mean, it, it really, you know, it aggravates me. I don't speak up enough about it. But he's taken a team that's been injured all year. We lost our second baseman for the whole, for the rest of the year. Rest of the year. It mm-hmm. kept us. I mean, you know. Almost 20 games above 500. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I mean... Uh,
2: they're, they're nitpicking him.
1: And it's unbelievable the job he's done this year. And I haven't heard anybody in the media just really patting him on the back.
2: No, no, you're right. They, they've they been all over him. That's, I,
1: that's correct. Even in Aeneas Penn the other night when he had Hendricks pitching two innings when we were in a losing streak. We needed to get that win, and we got that win. And it was an important win, beating uh, Milwaukee that night. I mean I, I mean, I just, you know, like I said, the media can be really good to you, they can be bad to you. You know?
0: Uh, well, it's and I imagine that's that's incredibly that can be incredibly frustrating especially as an agent um can you kind of name a time that you were really frustrated with with the media um there's yeah can you kind of just name a time that that you were really frustrated with something that they might have covered um how maybe they portrayed you? Yeah, like either or you, you, or one of your clients, in just a really, really bad light.
1: Interesting you say that you're the first person that asked me that.
0: <laughs> we and take pride I've in done that.
1: terms <laughs> of interviews. Yeah, yeah there, it was a time when uh, an agent kind of set me up. We were signing a lot of players, and the guy accused me of buying cars for the players. Mm because our players would get cars and the Players Association actually did an investigation on me buying cars. And I wouldn't tell them how I was getting cars for the players. We're talking about mid eighties. Okay. What I did is I had interns using the yellow pages in every city for every player we had, just dialing away at car dealerships, telling them, that for the free use of a car, our partner would sit in, you know, on an off day and just sign autographs for hours.
0: <laughs>
1: I wouldn't give that secret away for any.
0: <laughs>
1: you're the first guy to ask me. But I mean, but there it was in the, you know, in the LA Times that I was being investigated.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, it was a plan from another agent to a writer
0: who wrote it. Yeah. Do, do you, Dennis? Do you have a book out, or or are, is there any plans for you to have a book come out? I, no. It sounds like you have more stories than than you know we could ever ask you about. And I'm really trying to dig, but but you're you're pretty good at being I, cryptic, you know. Yeah,
1: I had, I had some of the most colorful players, Mm -hmm. some of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Jose Canseco in his prime was a rock star. Yes,
2: he was. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, he was, you know, handsome, a gentleman, you know, just, uh, he hit the ball further than anybody I've ever seen hit one. I mean, he's, you know, when it came down to, uh, you know, the hurricane in in uh, Florida, I remember him getting on the phone and saying, "We got to do a fundraiser to help you know, the people in Miami." And we set it up over at uh, at whatever the bowl was in Miami. And I forgot; it was thirty years ago.
0: Yeah,
1: but we had a softball game and we got all the players from my agency and from other places even roger clemens came out wow nice. you know and played softball just to get the fans out there we raised a lot a lot of money it was all canseco's idea i mean i mean there's a side to it people don't know
2: yeah I, for a while there canseco well he was Taken a beating from the media. I mean, that well, was, that's oh, what the and
0: he—he's the last forty forty man. I mean, you know,
1: no, uh, he actually isn't. A-Rod is the last forty forty. He was the first forty forty
0: man. Oh, you're right. You're right. Arod was the last forty forty man. Well, and Acuna almost got it last year too, which is, you know, that uh, it's no, an impressive no, I feat.
1: Bo- I think Bonds got it also. No, did Bonds no, so get one? it? Yeah, those are the three guys that did it.
0: Wataki's is going to look that up right now, <laughs> fact check. Here. No, now, yeah, kidding. I mean, I, I was rooting for Acuna to get it last year. Who do you do you uh, do you still represent anybody today or no?
1: Uh, only Vince Scully.
0: Only Vince Scully. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, as far as uh, journalists go and broadcasters go, he's tops. You know, and as a Dodgers fan, we have a. We have a Dodgers uh, minor league affiliate here in, in Midland, um, and you probably didn't know that, but it's it's just really cool to, to follow the Dodgers and um, look up to him. Tommy Lasorda has come here to town several times before uh, he passed. Yeah. Right before he passed,
1: uh, I played. I played in Midland.
0: Did you really get out of? I here. was.
1: Too, I played at Waterloo.
0: Oh well, are are you thinking Midland, Texas?
1: No, I'm thinking
0: of Midland, Iowa. Oh. oh, we're in we're in Midland, Michigan, home of Dow Midland, Chemical. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, there's, I a, guess few there's a few Midlands. Yeah, there's there's yeah, there's Midland, Texas, <laughs> and Iowa. Yeah, yeah. a few. That's all right. That's we're easily confused. All right. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
0: No, go ahead. Uh, what are you
2: about?
0: No, I was just going to say, um, I, uh, last question I had, and, um, I could talk to you all night about all kinds of different things and you probably wouldn't answer me, but still, I, like, Jerry Reinsdorf, I'm really, really interested in him, especially because of the, like, the last dance. I'm obsessed with that documentary, um, and I feel like they didn't cover enough of him, and sounds like he's a friend of yours. Uh, Does a guy like that stay grounded? Or, I mean, the man has six rings, and he's the owner of both the Bulls and the White Sox. And you, you're still a White Sox guy. So, does a guy like that stay grounded? What's What's he like?
1: One of the smartest people you ever want to you ever want to meet. He can be tough. He can be gentle. He's honest to a fault sometimes. Uh, He's really generous, very, very uh, charitable, extremely charitable and loves baseball, lives and sleeps the game. Probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met in my life.
0: That's awesome. Maybe we're gonna to have to reach out to him to have him sponsor a podcast, I guess. <laughs> you got anything else, Pataki? We'll I yeah. I don't
2: have anything else, so I think we're good. I we really appreciate your time tonight, Dennis. Uh, we took up quite quite a pretty, bit of it. it. It's pretty. I know it's pretty late for you guys. Uh, it well, is. But it, it is. But we're kind of night owls. I mean, this this stuff happens. Well,
0: and it's worth it to talk to a, a guy like you. I mean, it, what. Honestly, we could we could talk to you all night, but we we want to be respectful of your time, and um, you've well, given us a lot. Fine.
1: So uh, next time we'll do one on, on insurance.
0: That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I could learn a thing or two about insurance for I, sure. I can't believe you didn't like the Larry King interview. Though. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed it. Well, it was it was good, but like I I don't know. I just. There was so much more I wanted to know. There were so many more questions I wanted to ask you, and he could have talked to you for two hours. You know, he's talked to so many people for for two hours, three hours, and um, he kind of zips through the questions. I know he's got like a you know time constraints with television and the format that he had. You know, in his later years, and I just feel like you're a you're a good brain to pick. You know, you're you're a guy that's you're a storyteller. You're a guy that has a lot of stuff to say. So, you've
2: been yeah. around a lot in baseball. Yeah. You know? Absolutely.
1: So, Larry King came over to the house to watch the World Series here during the pandemic.
2: Yeah.
1: He Do- was a big Dodger fan. Oh. Mm-hmm. But,
2: yeah. Before no, no, we'll tell, I let you go, tell quick. us about that. Tell <laughs> us about that for Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah.
1: Larry was a very astute Dodger fan.
2: Yeah.
1: Very, very astute. You know, he grew up in Brooklyn. And uh actually Flatbush, same area that Reinsdorf grew up in. Mm. So they they became really good friends throughout the years.
0: That's and, awesome. Uh,
1: as Fred Wilpon. You know, Larry and Fred Wilpon were really close friends.
0: So Do you feel like your relationships with with those gentlemen kind of um alleviated or lubricated your your dealings with them?
1: No, no. No, no, no. No. Not at all.
0: Is is more of a business is business sort of thing.
1: No, I actually didn't get to know Larry really well till about two thousand. And uh I knew him before because I sold him insurance but had no connection with the World Ponds other than the contract. In fact, Doubleday was really involved in that also. Mm -hmm. I mean, and uh, when you say that that, uh, the Ponds were making 10% in that uh, Ponzi scheme, it was more like 16%, at least they thought they were. Right. And the term that you should use is called arbitrage. Have you ever heard the term before?
0: Yeah, I'm not as familiar with it, honestly, but... So yeah.
1: let me tell you what an arbitrage is. Okay. If you're making if you're making sixteen percent on your money, and you're paying out an eight percent interest, the difference is called an arbitrage. Mm. And that's what they were doing. They were arbitraging their their return.
0: Well, and somebody like Madoff probably could have told them he's going to make twenty five percent, and it wouldn't have mattered, right?
1: I mean, Madoff did what Madoff did. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never met the guy. I don't care that I ever, ever met him. I mean, it was terrible. You know, he took a lot of good people's money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of them got most of it back. Uh, but it's, you know, he's a crook.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that's all you can say about him. He's a crook.
0: Understandable. What was the last question I got for you, and then I'll let you go. What was it like to watch uh, the World Series with Larry King?
1: Every time I was with Larry, it was a good time. Yeah. So we, you know, we sat there together. and watched him. He was very, very happy. Very happy when the Dodgers
0: were. He seemed like a man that was a really good listener, and, and you do too. You know, I mean, you seem like a, a guy that's a, a receiver and a good listener, so, um, you know, <laughs> I can only sometimes, imagine.
1: Sometimes that's the best way of getting the best deal, mm-hmm. is listening to what the other people
0: say. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we look forward to having you on again, if you, if you ever have the time for us again, Dennis. I mean... <laughs> You're, you're super cool. So, I <laughs> hope you trust us, and, and we did you well. We did you right. So,
1: I wanted, I'd like to see the edited version of this.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We can do that. We'll get it your way. We won't, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Thank, we'll get no, your I email.
1: Didn't, I didn't really do hair and makeup, but we're down. <laughs> Neither did we. Have, really I'm wearing a hair. I don't have a lot of hair. <laughs>
2: yeah. Neither did we, so uh, Dennis, yeah. before you go though real quick, I know you're a big Dodgers fan. If the Dodgers ever came up for sale, would you buy them?
1: Well, as you know, I was a bidder last time,
2: so yeah. maybe you didn't know that. Well, I knew that you were yeah one of the one of the top Probably. ten people they were saying would would be out yeah. to get them
1: i I don't think i would I would do that again. I mean, it was, it took me two years to raise the amount of money I raised. And at the end of the day, I couldn't compete with $2.1 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's <laughs> just too much. And of the people I had couldn't compete with it either. Yeah, But we did, I mean, we raised a lot of money and we had a lot of fun doing it. It was very intense and, uh, you know, Uh, Mark Walters and his crew did a really good job of getting the deal done. And they did a great TV deal. Todd Bowley did a great TV deal. (laughs)
0: That's awesome.
1: They did what they did.
0: Thanks again for your time, Dennis. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, you are very generous with your time. And we look forward to talking to you again. So thank you so much.
1: Guys, if you need anything, you know, if, you, if you need any information about what's going on, uh, I love this game.
0: <laughs> Do you? Is there anything you'd like to add or anything you'd like to plug or anything like that?
1: No, I just, you know, when young guys like you are trying to get started, I'm happy to help. Uh,
0: we appreciate it, Dennis. Uh, thank you so much again. This was Dennis Gilbert on the Small Market Podcast here in Midland, Michigan. He's coming to you to us from uh, you're t- coming from Los, Los Angeles or Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. That's fantastic. Thanks again for being on so late with us. And uh, we really appreciate
1: it's, it. it. It's, it's late for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good night, guys. Good night. Hey,
0: You have a good night, sir. So that was our interview with Dennis Gilbert, a legend in the... Uh, the sports agency world, a guy who I still feel deserves a, a spot in the Baseball Hall of Fame. If a song by John Fogerty, which I love and I appreciate John Fogerty, could get a spot in the Baseball Hall of Fame, why not Dennis Gilbert? Why doesn't he get that? For the impact he's had. Yeah, same thing with Tommy John surgery. Just put that... <laughs> Give a plaque to the the Surgeon who created Tommy John surgery Him There's In Hoffman's Baseball Hall of Fame Pete Rose (laughs) goes in Joe Jackson goes in And Dennis Gilbert goes in And Tommy John surgery goes in Wow, so I'm just those are those are four things that go in the. Uh, I'm gonna mark them down. Hoffman's actually. Baseball Hall of Fame. He's gonna. Buttucky's we'll gonna hold me to it.
2: We can That's add more totally as bad. we go.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> as time goes on, we can add more odd things. Right. I should be there.
0: Super interesting guy. Uh, very interesting man. And I I challenge anybody to try to find a a better interview. On the internet or anywhere in the world, with a a better interview with Dennis Gilbert anywhere. I mean, honestly, Larry King spoke to a man. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. No one else. But seriously, like, who have you heard as good an interview or as much time with Dennis Gilbert on any other podcast, radio show, talk show, or anything?
2: No, I haven't. No. Certainly not that Larry King interview. That's no. awful.
0: Yeah, I don't mean to talk smack about, you know... His boy. Yeah. But that was a
2: client of his, and... He kind of knew why that angle, they were taking that angle, I guess. Right,
0: because it was his client, and he's doing him a favor, and like, oh, here you go, I'll let you talk about insurance for a while. But honestly, like, what's... I... I want to hear about Bobby Bonilla Day. I want to hear about the contracts. I want to hear about Mike
2: Piazza and Barry Bonds and, and Jose Canseco. And yeah, I want to hear about all. I want to hear all of the juicy details about all of those things. Right.
0: And what's his take on on free agents today and in mm-hmm. other sports? And mm-hmm. I think that we tackled those subjects in in the last two episodes in seventy six and seventy seven. So yep. um, check them out. This is something we're we're going to be promoting for a while, I think, because. Yep. Uh, Wataki and I, we, we spent a lot of time on this, and, well, we spent two days, two or three days, just working to get this interview, get this hashed out,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: to get to talk to the man on the West Coast.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth, trying to, trying to get it set up right. for a time that was convenient for both of us.
0: Yeah, and a lot of credit to you, Wataki, for, for producing that and getting that, that scheduled. I mean, you're the man, dude. <laughs> I, Thanks, I didn't believe that you were going to be able to get them, but you got them, and holy smokes, man! Awesome. Well, I'm kind yeah.
2: of a big deal out on the West Coast. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I've heard of you before. You know, oh,
0: yeah. That's why I chose to do a, a you know, a podcast with you, a small market right. podcast with you. So right. That was our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Small Market Podcast. This is episode 77. We will see you next week. Yeah, it's how a sports bullet goes.
2: You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message at smallmarketpodcast@gmail.com gmail.com or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by The 8 Arm Killer.